The next few episodes were recorded in advance in preparation of Bex having her baby. These episodes were recorded prior to Taylor announcing Red, Taylor's version, so we know that a new re-recording has been announced, but we wanted to keep in our theories about what we thought was coming. We hope you enjoy the episode. Are you ready for it? Welcome to Ready For It, a Taylor Swift podcast. I'm Chandler. I'm Rebecca. I'm Bailey. And I'm Lizzie. So be fearless. Speak now. Put on your favorite shade of red. While shaking it off in a getaway car. Because sometimes you need to calm down. And wrap yourself up in your favorite cardigan. To find some happiness. And listen as we talk about the iconic poet herself, Miss Swift. Why don't we just go ahead and get into the song? Let Rebecca finish chewing first. Sorry, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm pregnant and it's just... I'm like a raccoon in the middle of the night. I don't know if you know this. Rebecca is pregnant. <laughs> and like, it'll be like 3 a.m. and like I get insomnia when I'm pregnant and like I'll just be in the kitchen just like literally like a trash panda like just going around like, <laughs> like jesse will like come out in the morning and like i've got like wrappers like a whole like pile of wrappers i'm not kidding you the other night it wasn't but yeah it was last night it was almost two o'clock in the morning and i was eating a fudge pop so <laughs> <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do yeah <laughs> so, like i'll just like pound through like of random stacks and it's just like it's a mess anyways okay today we're going to be talking about invisible which is the i think 13th song off of um taylor swift's debut i guess deluxe album is the best way yeah i love this song and i think it's slept on so i'm really excited we get to talk about it so in terms of background there really isn't a lot of background for it i really didn't get any background like at least, like, you know, the episode prior, I got a little bit of something, but it just says a song written and performed by Taylor, and it's from the deluxe edition of her debut album. And, yeah, that's kind of it. It was another co-write with Robert Ellis Oral, and he produced yes. it. Yes, yes, yes. I yeah, so don't have any quotes for this song could not there was nothing on song facts or anything nothing on the taylor swift wiki like nothing at all but i did watch so she performed this in tampa for the rep show on august 16th 2018 and when she introduced it she said that the reason that she was singing it is because she had met a fan at a previous show and he had told her that he was going to be at the tampa show too and he kind of like was talking about how invisible is really important to him because it really helped him come out as gay. And she appreciated that. And she just thought it was crazy that like, while she was writing this song, he was like going through this and she helped him, you know, be comfortable and out with him like as himself. And so she wanted to sing it basically for him. So whoever you are, Wow, not only did you meet Taylor, but she specifically picked a song, a surprise song, just for you. And that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so no other quote, no no real quotes other than that. Yeah, critical, ap- critical acclamations. If I could actually talk, this would go a lot more smoothly. Yeah, there's nothing. Not specific to the song. Like, again, anything the album one, like, 
sure we can bring it to this, but yeah, it's got nothing. I agree with you, Rebecca, with what you said when you were introducing it. The song is definitely slept on. It 100% is, but you know what? I feel like Gen Z might not like this song. So unpopular opinion, and maybe this is kind of like we can get to it with song recommendations, but when the deluxe version of this album first came out and I first heard this song, Invisible, I thought it was a better version of Teardrops on My Guitar. Hmm. I thought I was like, so this I is... I can see that. I can see that. Honestly, I thought that was one of my song recommendations. Yeah, Same. It's going to be mine, too. So we can just... That was my it. only one. <laughs> so I'm then, like, that is a song recommendation thing. I promise I'll get better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just remember this coming out and in my brain. I, like, always... There's no... We don't know what the song is about. We could not find any information whatsoever. I couldn't find any quotes. Lizzie couldn't find anything about the background of the song. But in my mind, this song was also written about Drew from teardrops like that's and of course i don't know if that's true at all but that's just always in my mind what i thought was the song is also written about drew it's the same situation there are a lot of parallels between the two songs but i always just kind of was like teardrops on my guitar was the first draft and you know invisible is a final draft and this is the one we're turning in for a grade (laughs) yeah this is definitely the more like ambiguous version of that because teardrops on my guitar is like very specific yeah. In certain points. And this is just the more like generalized version of that. I yeah. totally like, agree. She's singing it like about, it sounds like she's singing about the same guy. Like to me, it sounds like, like Chandler said, like it sounds like she's singing it about Drew, but she's singing it about Drew to someone else with the same kind of longing that Teardrops on My Guitar portrays. But this song, like she's talking directly to through yeah yeah Yeah, that's a good point that's i can definitely see this being like a diary like Mm -hmm. this is like a diary entry you know what i mean yeah Yeah. i'm so excited to talk about this song now okay let's get into the lyrics (laughs) yeah let's okay i'm right in she can't see the way your eyes light up when you smile she'll never notice how you stop and stare whenever she walks by and you can't see me wanting you the way you want her but you are everything to me yeah so this just totally gives me drew looks at me (laughs) but yes yes. okay so you know how like when you're turning a paper in for a grade and they're like no this is plagiarism and then you have to like find a way to like say it in a different way that's not plagiarism that that's like to me that first verse yeah, is, is the first verse from teardrops on my guitar taylor's plagiarizing <laughs> but, but she's plagiarizing herself but yep. no this, this is really why like when i first heard this song i i always have related this i've like maybe they're like sister songs you know like we don't actually know what it's about but they have the same theme and you know but i really like what you said bailey about teardrops being her talking to somebody else about the situation and then invisible being her talking to if it's about drew drew she's talking to drew directly like telling him how she feels so that's i think that's also like that's a good like way to differentiate differentiate the two songs is that this song is more direct like this almost feels like a a confrontation Mm -hmm. it's like she finally got the courage to like say something to him about yeah yeah 
Yeah, but I mean, what a relatable, I mean, I know we say this about all of her songs, but what a relatable situation for like high schoolers, like watching the person that you are like so in love with, be in love with somebody else and just being like, you don't even see me. Like, I'm right here. You see me? I'm right here. Romanticizing (laughs) an idea of a relationship with someone. Yeah, for sure. It gives me very strong wannabe friends to lovers vibes you know like it's it's definitely unrequited love but it's like you want it to it it's just the situation and this was something that I really got into like trouble with when I was in high school is anytime I liked a boy I would become his best friend (laughs) me too Taylor Swift I should have learned from her because every time she's like I've got this friend and I'm in love with him it never works out but I always wanted to be like the friends to to more than friends type of thing like trope and it never happened for me <laughs> I relate so much like I talked about like my middle school boyfriend a couple times but like this song kind of describes like how I would talk to him every day on instant messenger and he would just tell me how much he was in love with somebody else and I would like give him like ideas like well maybe you should you know do this for her but really secretly like all those ideas were things I wanted him to do to me you know like I you know I would would give him gift suggestions and like you know cute ideas and it's exactly this song is exactly how I felt (laughs) like she doesn't really know you I'm the one that's talking to you every single day yeah Yeah. kind of kind of like you belong with me too I was literally just gonna say that like it's very similar recommendation And that's why I said, I don't know if Gen Z will, like, really like this song, because I feel like they'll listen to the lyrics, and they'll be like, this is such a pick-me vibe, you know, like, type of song. I get that. It definitely can have those vibes, but, like, there's just, if if you, like, look at these kinds of songs, like, You Belong With Me, and Teardrops On My Guitar, and Invisible, and you're like, oh, pick-me girl songs. You've never been in love with your best friend before, and known just, like, the heart-crushing watching the person that you think you're in love with when you're like 15 years old think that they're in love with with someone else girl who's prettier and nicer and smarter than you are and just feeling bad about yourself like I don't really see anything that she's saying specifically in this first verse as being too like derogatory towards the other girl she's just saying like no 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 like she doesn't see you the way that I do I don't think this is, I don't think, this doesn't give me pick-me vibes at all. Like, you belong with me, that's a different story. But I don't get pick-me vibes from this at all. It's just, like, she's just kind of, like, telling him how she feels. Just like a, I've kept this in for so long, and now I just feel like, and I've talked to so many other people about it, and now I just feel like I need to get it out, and I need to get it off my chest, and I need to say it to you directly. Yeah, so in the the story, in the linear story that we're writing with the songs from debut album, starting with Mary's song and ending with, or in like including I'm Only Me When I'm With You, this is the part before they get together. Because, yes. you know, it wasn't until she was 16 that suddenly she wasn't that little girl he used to mm-hmm. see. So mm-hmm. we're writing a linear story of like the, the musical of Taylor Swift's debut album. This is the part <laughs> they get together (laughs) yes you know what I really can like see this like fitting with our like narrative (laughs) of the debut like Mary's song couple because like you know they spent a lot of time together growing up and their families were like really close like you could see this guy 
you know, the Mary song guy, like, bringing his girlfriend or whatever over for dinner kind of thing. And she's, like, forced to be there and witness all these moments. But she's best friends with him and, like... But he still looks at her as that kind yeah. of, like, uh, annoying, little like... Girl. Yeah, yep. little girl, little sister, just, like, that annoying, yep. like, person that's always been around. And, like, she uh, looks at him differently. And mm-hmm. she's, like, seeing all of this stuff, like... It, oh my God, did we because just... something, you guys? <laughs> I think we're on to something here. I think, you know, are... like, I can see that. For sure. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. seeing, like, observe... She's constantly observing, observing them. Wow, I can't talk either. You know, because she's around him and his family so much, and she's kind of, like, forced to be, like, a witness to the relationship. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, we should make a TikTok about this, uh, our story. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, okay, do we, want, do we have anything else to say about the, the first verse, or do we want to move on to the chorus? No, I think we can move on. Okay. All right. And I just want to show you, she don't even know you. She's never going to love you like I want to. And you just see right through me. But if you only knew me, we could be a beautiful, miracle, unbelievable, instead of just invisible. Oh, yeah. So I, what I love about the song, but like, you know, this is where it's kind of brought up. But not only does she use the term invisible to say, like, you just see right through me, like, I'm invisible to you. She's also saying we could be something more, but we're just invisible because we don't exist, like, because you don't see us. So, like, whoever she is speaking to in this song does not see her, but they also do not see them together as a couple. This kind of is also, like, I'd lie, too. Like, how she wouldn't directly say, Mm -hmm. like, how she felt, but she does really know him. Yeah, this is the sad part of I'd Lie. Yes. This song is on my gut-wrenching playlist on Spotify of just, like, songs that just, like, really get me. Yeah, this is in my Spotify playlist titled In My Feelings More Than Drake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Okay, Chandler, that was a really good point because this entire time until I've, like, literally sat down and, like, looked at the lyrics because I never had the deluxe, like, version of the CD, like, in person. You know what I mean? I only had the physical copy of the the original debut album version. Um, So I've never, like, looked at the lyrics because Google really wasn't a thing in 2006 the way it is now where you could just, like, look up lyrics. I literally thought it said, instead, I'm just invisible like I am but I'm instead I'm just invisible not of I had no idea it was of so when Chandler like made that point I'm like like mind blown yeah no the lyric is instead of just invisible and like I will say even in like I guess this isn't the deluxe version that I have it's the enhanced version of the standard version that they made the standard version confusing I know but like there's no lyrics in the lyric booklet for any of the bonus tracks quote for at least in this i'm sure like you can buy the actual original bonus track version that had like the different cover and everything and it had the lyrics or whatever um maybe i don't actually know but i never realized the way that the lyrics are written out is we could be a beautiful comma miracle comma unbelievable i always thought it was she was saying we could be a beautiful miracle like beautiful describing the miracle right the adjective and like of course this isn't her lyric booklet like so we don't actually know but 
it looks like it's saying like we could be a beautiful comma miracle comma unbelievable which seems a little weird to me but okay it's yeah because you can't use beautiful in that that way grammatically yeah technically maybe it's it's just a typo in the like wherever i got my lyrics from i'm looking at it right now and it's i see the same thing beautiful comma miracle comma not instead of beautiful miracle i always thought it was that way too chandler like okay a beautiful miracle and then when she's saying unbelievable saying like this unbelievably beautiful miracle like just you know like the continuation of that instead of like three separate like adjectives yeah so the part where she says but if you only knew me we could be a beautiful miracle unbelievable instead of just invisible it kind of reminds me of stay beautiful when she says if you and i are a story that never gets told if what you are is a daydream i'll never get to hold at least you'll know I definitely see the like similarities there, but I think that like the tone of this song just really sets it apart. Oh, um, I agree. 100%. Like I totally see lyrically, but just when you listen to the song, like the tone of it, like the instrumentation, the melody, the song is depressing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it really is. This song is gut wrenching. It like is. it's and like you said like with your play your playlist title but like and also like for maybe listeners who aren't familiar with this song please listen like her inflection in this song is part of like what makes it so gut-wrenching too like it's it gets you it cuts deep also towards the end of the song and we'll kind of i guess we can get to it but i'll just say it now the last chorus it's she's got all the backing vocals like going on like yes it it makes it even more dramatic because the the first couple of courses like obviously there's backing vocals but it sounds like a like an actual physical like chorus of people singing with her in the last chorus yeah the build-up on the last chorus is incredible and it's also really like a juxtaposition to the the beginning like verse the first verse she almost sounds like acapella like yeah. when she says like the first opening lines like she can't see the way your eyes light up when you smile like those it's there's not a lot of instrumentation in the background that can be heard and then also when she says like sh- she'll never notice how you stop and stare whenever she says stop and stare especially stare her inflection on that is really like it's gut-wrenching it's like almost like she's like bawling her eyes out while like confessing this if you like go back and listen with her inflection in this song and like pay attention like and yeah just it's really good yeah so verse two there's a fire inside of you that can't help but shine through she's never gonna see the light no matter what you do and all i think about is how to make you think of me and everything that we could be that like that last part the pre-chorus that to me is like the most eviscerating lyric in the entire song and all I think about is how to make you think of me and everything that we could be yeah like Um, I mean obviously we'll get to this when we get to favorite lyrics but that's my favorite line in the whole song is and all I think about is how to make you think of me because like I mean I think we've made it quite clear I don't think it's any kind of surprise. The four of us were kind of boy crazy in middle and high school. And I just really personally 
related to and all I think about is how to make you think of me like when you're just so stuck on somebody and they don't even know that you exist and you're like fixating on them almost you know like just that the like the puppy love like the crush that is actually gonna crush you you know okay so those lyrics remind me of last kiss lyrics when she says all that I know is I don't know how to be something you miss obviously it's like a different perspective but like that song's also very emotionally like eviscerating but it really it kind of has that like similar parallel like the beginning like what you're saying the draft (laughs) you know yeah it's it's almost like like it's like the more grown-up version because like in this song it's like okay like i like, I love this person, but I'm still young. I don't really know what love is. But, like, Last Kiss, it's, like, now you know what love is and you know you've experienced it. So, it's, like, that lyric is the same. It's just the grown-up version yep. of, and all I and all I think about is how to make you think of me. Yeah, it's, like, how both of those lines are kind of when you're heartbroken and you're trying to make somebody perceive you in the way that you want to be perceived. Like, I want you, all I think about is how to make you think of me. I want you to perceive me in this way. All that I know is I don't know how to be something you miss. I want you to miss me. This I, I, but I don't know how to make you do it. I don't know how to make you think of me. I don't know how to make you miss me. Like it's, it's that feeling of like, helplessness when you're so heartbroken and you can't you know that you can't change how somebody else is feeling like you have no ability and I maybe it's the control freak in me but I just like really relate to that like it's the the first time you realize that like that unrequited heartbreak type of thing the first time you go through that and you realize like I I don't know how to make this person like me like I'm, I don't know what to do. Do I need to be somebody different? Do I need yep. to just be myself? Like, what is it? Like, and it's just something that everybody goes through. Maybe not to, like, the same degree, but everybody goes through at least some point in their life being like, okay, how do I get this person? <laughs> I was going to say, like, you could relate this even to, like, you know, trying to be friends with someone too Mm -hmm. you want to like fit in with this group or you want to like be best friends with this person who seems so much cooler than you and they don't see you period they don't see you they don't and you they can't I mean obviously it's different because she's obviously talking about a significant other but I don't know I feel like you could relate some of these lyrics to that too for sure Chandler, you were talking about in the beginning how, like, you know, how can you, like, you don't know what the person's feeling and you can't change what they're feeling. And, like, you kind of of the moment I knew because she's like, I really wanted you at this birthday party, but you weren't there. And then he's like, yeah, I should have been there. And she's like, yeah, like, you should have. Like, you know, like, why weren't you? Like, why didn't you do this? But it's, uh, that song's also that turning point where you know that there's nothing that you can do because it's kind of like for somebody to skip out on something that meant so much to somebody else in that relationship. It's like at that point you hit that turning point where you just know that th- it's over, like to a degree. Like it's that's um, he's out. He I think said, I'm sorry I didn't make it, and I said I'm sorry too. Yeah. 
I think the difference in my mind between this song, the specific lyric and all I think about is how to make you think of me. And the moment I knew is that the moment I knew is a lot more definite. Like she's like past it. She's like, that's the moment I knew that we were over, you know? And with this song, she's not necessarily at that point. She's at the point where she's begging this person to be with her, you know? So to me, they don't really like, not that they don't go together, but I just think that the definitive, I guess, decisiveness of the moment I knew makes it too different from this song for me personally. I also like don't want to glaze, like breeze over the beginning of this verse where she's like, there's a fire inside of you that can't help but shine through and she's never going to see the light do i was like looking back over those lyrics and i realized that this could possibly be about someone this could be about her liking somebody who likes somebody else not that they're necessarily with someone else but obviously whoever she is crushing on she's never going to see the light no matter what you do maybe that's not her being like she sucks she doesn't see how awesome you are no, 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 it's the same situation. This The person she's crushing on is in the same situation and they're fixating on somebody else who doesn't see them. Yes, I always, I guess because like that was kind of the situation that I always related to the song to. So that's how I always saw it, I guess. But yeah, I mean, like you're trying to convince this that person that you like that that person doesn't even like you in that way. So why waste your time? Like, you're trying to say that to them. You're like, stop. Like, I'm the one that really likes you. Yeah, I'm like, the one that knows you. her. She doesn't even know that you exist. But I know you exist. And you are acting like I'm invisible. Right. Exactly. Okay. So then the chorus repeats. And then the bridge. Like shadows in a faded light. Oh, we're invisible. And I just want to open your eyes and make you realize when she is singing this, it's like, it's almost like, and make you realize, it's almost, I feel like her voice cracks, like she was yeah. crying when she sang it. But also, when she sings and make you realize, it's almost acapella. Like the music is very low and very soft. And, and you can really good. hear her voice over the instrumental. Yeah, and that kind of goes into the final chorus where she kind of changes the lyrics a little bit. She keeps that same, like, acapella. I'm pretty sure it is. I need to re-listen to this song again, but I'm pretty sure it's, like, if it's not acapella, there's, like, one other instrument going on in the background where she's like, I just want to open your eyes and make you realize, and that leads right into the chorus. I just want to show you she don't even know you. Baby, let me love you. Let me want you. And then this is where the music basically comes to a crescendo and all the background singers and you know all the instruments where she's like you just see right through me but if you only knew me we could be a beautiful miracle unbelievable instead of just invisible yeah I love how it is almost that acapella-y like it's so the music is so soft it's just it's more powerful like I feel like especially what she's talking about you it really hits deep you know, like, you're really feeling it. This is the point of the song where, like, you just got through all the verses and you're, like, just past the bridge. And you're just like, okay, here it comes. Here's the big finish. And it's, yeah, it's, it's It sad. doesn't disappoint, that's for sure. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. 
I actually think this is a really good bridge. Like, yeah, I think uh, so too. Again, it's one of her best bridges on the debut album. Yeah, I have to agree. It's it's one of the best in my opinion. Yeah, and she also takes a really there like a fermata after baby let me love you let me want you there's a complete pause everything stops there's no music nothing it's and then boom the big like build out of nowhere and it just adds to the emotion of the song you almost hear her like take a deep breath like before she starts Mm -hmm. yep and it just adds to it even more song like she's catching herself like her breath and like because maybe she was crying like Bailey you said it like how her voice kind of cracks in the bridge like she's catching herself and then it's like full on for the finale yeah like she's barely holding on at the like you know at that I guess post bridge (laughs) is that a term and I was gonna also say like is when we're talking about this inflection in her chorus when she says we could be a beautiful miracle unbelievable she sounds really exasperated when she's saying like beautiful miracle unbelievable yeah it's like it's something she's been repeating over and over again yes yeah it's just like and almost like out of a little bit of a hint of frustration in there of like you just can't see like it's you're so dense that you just can't see this and it's like we could be this like incredible thing if you only like just opened your eyes up and so it's like her inflection in this song is just like chef's kiss it's on point like she's always had great inflection but like that it just like brings it to like a different level with the emotions in this song. It's almost like she's seeing him through a two-way mirror and like he is, you know, going off with a girl or like super into this other girl or whatever. And she's just like pounding on the mirror. Like you just need to like see me. Like I'm here. I can see how beautiful you are. I can see like how great of a person you are or whatever it is. And it's so sad. Like I just, oh, this really hits my feels. Yeah. And then like the ending too. Uh, Wait, have we like talked about that yet? Are we there? Like when we talk about the outro? I mean, go for it. Yeah. I was just going to say like, that's almost... That's almost like acapella too, until the very end. I had that, yeah. It's just so sad, you know, and like going back because it's like what Lizzie was saying with like the two-way mirror. It's like she's so sad because she, it's like almost like she comes to the realization that he's not going to see her. But, and, and she knows that. She knows that he's never going to see her. And, but also at the same time, this, this other girl's never going to see him. And it's. And do you want to say the lyrics to the outro? Because we didn't actually say them. Oh, sorry. She can't see the way your eyes light up when you smile. Yeah. And then it's just like it's slower. The yes, it is. Smile. It's it's like literally slow. She's like, I don't know how. To, like just the way that she says it, she drags everything it's... out. And forgive me if I'm wrong, or correct me if I'm wrong, but. It, there's like after she says light up when you smile and it's like the slow like smile how she like drags it out there's no like instrumental after that it just kind of like ends I think there's probably there's... just like finish the chord and then okay we're done yeah but, and that also alludes to what she's saying in her outro like to a degree like where she comes to that realization that like he's never gonna see her and the chord finishes and the song it's like a symbolic 
to the lyrics. You know what I mean? So there's nothing left to be said. Yeah, so if this song is literally a confrontation, I literally see her building herself up to talking to this guy and telling him this in the bridge. That's when she kind of gets to it. When it goes into the last chorus, that's when she's kind of like, hey, like, here we go. Like, this is how I feel. Then the crescendo, she's like frustrated, begging, like, I love you. Like, she's not going to notice you. Please, like, pick me, choose me, love me type of thing, but not in like a pick me type of way. And then the outro is literally like what you said. She's like, it go the the music quiets back down, and so it's kind of like, okay, I've said my piece. Maybe he said no. I don't know, but you know, like it's kind of just like I've said everything that needs to be said, like Rebecca was saying earlier. I almost <laughs> picture it like she has tears in her eyes, like even after she cried. Like it, it's just. <sighs> Like the devastation. Yes, mm-hmm. I can't think of the word. Like it's just she's not. It's not a happy fairy tale like some of her other songs. Like it's definitely like like teardrops. It's not a great conclusion. <laughs> like it, you know. I mean, I mean, it, it's another way that this song mirrors teardrops on my guitars because the outro is the first two lines yep. in both of these songs. Which is yeah. another reason why I think this is also about her her crush on Drew back in the day. Yeah, that would yeah. make, like, a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. Yeah, you can just hear the, like, devastation. Throughout this entire song, truly, like, you can just hear it. And that's what I think really takes it up a notch. And, and that's why it also makes me so sad. Because it's, like, I think we all go through, I say this every time. Like, we've all had that experience of, like, a crush that, like, we know will never like us back. And, like, for the most part, you're just, like, okay with that. But then there's there's always that, like, one person, you know, that's, like, you've crushed on so hard. And this you know this person's never going to see you. Like, the finality of that is so, so sad. It's just... Okay, I, I just... I'm on Genius for the lyrics. And I didn't see this but they do have an about this is what people contributed i just discovered it and they said something about her going to the jersey shore and it says it has never been confirmed but in an email exchange about her summer days at jersey shore she said that she was inspired to write this song as she looked back on one of the summers she spent there she frequented the shore until she was about 14 years old which was also the same age she was when she was in love with Drew. It was her freshman year in high school at the time. That's if not this... Drew, though. Her freshman year is when she dated Drew, who Tim McGraw is about. Right. And she didn't. It's a different Drew that she was crushing on that she wrote teardrops about. This is definitely some random contributor that said this, so it's probably yeah, definitely not sure. true. But they somebody said the 13th track is eponymous debut album finds lamenting on someone who doesn't even notice her people have theorized this that this song is about drew hardwick the person who inspired teardrops on my guitar which we've all been talking about yeah well i don't know that i would trust that it has anything to do with jersey shore yeah i was like what i've never heard of taylor going to the jersey shore maybe she did convenient that somebody is like oh taylor definitely emailed me and told me all about what this song is about but i can't confirm the email well there's a link to the email no it's oh god it's 
sending me to a different. Oh, nope, it's saying the Philadelphia Inquirer. Taylor Swift Stone Harbor, from coffee talk gigs to Italian garden pizza, it was a pretty magical place to grow up. This is just about her. Oh no! Wait, this is a legit like article. I'll send this to you guys. But it's an article written in 2009. They interviewed Taylor and they talk about the shore. Uh-oh. And they're going to Jersey Shore and yeah, I'll send this to you guys. I wish I found this before when we were doing background. Sorry to, (laughs) it's just, okay, genius. So potentially this song is about her going to the Jersey Shore. (laughs) Yeah. All right, where were we before I like jumped us off? I mean, I think we're at our unofficial final thoughts. Yeah. Who wants to go first? For what? Our favorite lyrics. Well, I already said mine, but I can say it again, definitely, and all I think about is how to make you think of me. Yeah, we did talk about that early on, and that was Bailey's too, right? No. I mean, I really liked it, but I think my favorite lyric is the... No, you're wrong. (laughs) 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 Um, Like shadows in a faded light. That's mine, too! I just, like, I don't know what it is about it. I think maybe, maybe, I just, I love the poetry behind it. Like, she was so young when she wrote this, and this song is so, like, almost naive. But I still love the analogy that she paints in that lyric. I don't know why, but I really feel like that lyric just belongs in, like, the lakes. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it belongs in, I don't know why. Yeah. Just because it's so, like, like you said, poetic. Am I terrible for not having, like, a favorite lyric? Is I love this song. But, like, I like the whole song. Like, it's it's hard for, I, there's no, it's like, specific lyric for me that's, like, okay. Like, this is it. Same. You love them all the same. Every lyric. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, it's all, like, really good. So do we want to move on to song, or song recommendations? Yeah, because there's yeah. no message in this song either oh yeah i keep forgetting that who wants to go first on song recommendations well mine are ruined mine was song recommendation i <laughs> was gonna say happier by olivia rodrigo because you know when she's like she looks beautiful she looks kind she probably gives you butterflies that layer kind of reminds me of like I mean that's more of like after a relationship song but I still feel like they have similar themes I don't know but like that lyric in particular kind of saying like I bet she's you know awesome but I don't want you to be any more happier without me yeah I like happier that's a good one yeah that exact line where she looks beautiful she's beautiful she looks kind that just reminds me of how this song is comparing to, you know, whoever this person's girl is. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling. Sorry. But I agree. I agree. So my, I have two. The first one is Heather by Conan Gray. Are you kidding me? Is <laughs> <laughs> that your only one? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I'll just say my other one. I'll just say my other one. 
and you can say Heather. We can cut it's this out. It's fine. It's all good. We, well, like, okay, I knew I knew you were going to say it from the get-go when I was, like, in the beginning when you started, like, talking about um, when she played it at Reputation, and I was like, Chandler's going to say Heather. Like, I just I knew it. Oh, <laughs> it's all good. It's fine. One. No, we could both give our thoughts on it in different ways. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, Heather, um, it just reminds me because Heather's a little bit different because this is more so um, – and Heather Conan Gray is kind of confronting the the more so the girl who right. his unrequited unrequited crush is crushing on or is with or whatever. And you know, this one it seems more like Taylor is confronting the, you know, her object of her affection or whatever. But it, it's just kind of like the same deal. Like there's nothing really wrong with the person that, you know, their crush is crushing on, but you should still be with me anyway, you know? Theme is still the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's the unrequited love of it all. And so then my other recommendation is a major throwback that I don't think anybody is going to know. Um, it's Almost Lover by A Fine Frenzy. Oh my gosh. That's on one of my, play- my playlists. <gasps> oh my god, wait. I need to look up those lyrics because I forgot. Yeah. Well, so... Almost Lover was a song that was very popular in the, like, competitive dance scene. Like, every competition I went to in, like, middle and high school, somebody had a solo or, like, a group dance to Almost Lover. And if you're not familiar with the song, it's... The the chorus goes, goodbye, my almost lover, goodbye, my hopeless dream. I'm trying not to think about you. Can't you just let me be? So long, my luckless romance. My back is turned on you. So basically, like, she is saying goodbye to an unrequited love or someone. Because I always took it that way. Because she says my almost lover. Which I guess could mean, like, they never actually, they were together, but they never actually fell in love. But can also be taken as, like, a, you could have been my almost lover, but you didn't see me. We weren't together type of thing. And then, like, some other lyrics are, like, I'd never want to see you unhappy. I thought you'd want the same for me, which that just kind of like reminds me of Happier (laughs) by Olivia Rodrigo. So I think it all kind of like ties in together. Yes, I completely forgot about that song. That's That's a real throwback. When did this song even come out? I don't actually know. I just feel like it always existed. 2007. Really? I was going to say earlier than that. So that shocks me. I was thinking 2005. What? According to Genius, it's 2007. Oh, yeah. No, I don't doubt it. It's just, it surprises me. for Because for some reason, that song's just always been, like, ancient <laughs> in my mind, you know? Yeah. No. I mean, like I said, I feel like the song has always existed. I feel like I've always known it. It's a good song. I forgot about it. Rebecca, did you want to kind of talk about your thoughts on Heather? Or did you do you think you've said everything? Yeah, like, pretty much. I mean, it's really self-explanatory, and I feel like everybody knows the song, Heather, so it's like, I don't want to beat a dead horse on it. You know, like, it's, like, the exact same thing, and pretty much the same thing as what you were saying, Chandler. The perspective's, like, a tiny bit different. It's interesting with Heather, he kind of goes back, Conan, meaning he goes back and forth between talking about the object of his infection and the other person in the equation. 
right? Versus like an invisible, it's literally just her talking to the object of her affection. There's only one perspective in Taylor's song. In Heather, there's two perspectives. He goes back and forth between, you know, the unrequited love, who he's crushing on, and then the other person in the equation. The well, That makes up like kind of like the triangle that he's he has envisualized in his head head to a degree because it seems like it doesn't the other parties don't know exactly yeah so we can put these recommendations in the description of this episode if anybody wants to go back to them all really great songs (laughs) yes they are no i'm not (laughs) She's just laughing at me. We've just, we're we're devolving. I feel like as we go along and we like, you know, get better at like finding songs, especially when we when we get to Fearless. I know that we have I have some ideas already for Fearless for different songs, but I'm sure like we'll come up with some like really good ones. I like doing the throwback ones, Chandler. Like that was a good one, not just yep. like the new newer ones. Newer ones are still good. But I love the throwbacks yeah. too. That's why I picked Heather and this one because I wanted one to be like one that people knew and then one that's kind of like a throwback that could maybe introduce our listeners to, you know, some really good singers that we all enjoyed when we were younger that aren't really super prominent anymore. I also just like was way more into music. I don't want to say I was, music was my life back then like it was I would come home and just listen to music for hours and hours and hours and I would bring my iPod everywhere and listen to it on the bus and on the way home from school and on the way to like my dance classes and yeah so I've got a lot of like older music that I I can probably bring out but like now I mostly just listen to like Taylor. (laughs) See I used to be the same way like more like I don't adventurous is that a better mm-hmm. like word yeah. but yeah and and now like you guys said it's like I'm kidding I feel like that's a sign of age I think it is too I'm really I, kind of cringing at myself about it I do listen to my discover weekly on Spotify just to see what pops up because they throw in like old music they throw in new random stuff and sometimes I do find some really good songs through it sometimes the discover weekly is like not even close to like my music taste it's really interesting but I try to once a week just to see if there's any good songs yeah sometimes I need to I get lucky you should I recommend it I just it was it seemed like it was so much easier and I think it was because I was so into music but yeah. it seemed like it was so much easier to find new music when I was younger and like I still but I mean I guess that just like kind of goes to show me like how much of my life revolved around music because not only was I like discovering new music and becoming obsessed with it, but I was also listening to my faves over and over and over again. Like my life was literally Taylor Swift, boys like girls, all time low. Yes. Like, but then I was your friends. Did you guys ever make mix CDs for each other? Like, Oh yeah. Literally had one from Chandler. I made them all the time. I was making them up until like my junior year of college too. Like, 2015, I was still making mixed CDs for people. I remember my sophomore roommate went through a really bad breakup, and I made her a bunch of different CDs, and I, like, with a bunch of different songs, and I would, like, I'm pretty sure one was, like, for when you're wanting to be happy, and it had, like, happy songs, and one was, like, for when you're feeling sad, 
and it was like all the heartbreak songs and there was like four different like mix cds that were like that and i like just she was going through a really hard time and i just burned them all for her and like left them on her desk and i don't know if she ever like well i think she might have liked it but like we would do that for each other too like she would do that for me too one year for my birthday she like got me she made me like a mix cd of like me some songs that she loved and then like some songs she knew i loved too I love that. Uh, my friends growing up, we used to do that all the time. She introduced me to so many different artists that way. Because I was kind of in the same stage. Like, I would only listen to Taylor and, like, you know, anything that my parents were playing. Or, like, I wasn't really expanding until, like, you know, I had, she would make me those mixed CDs. And I would, like, okay, alternative is cool. And then, you know, I got into alternative music and... Makes sense now because Olivia Rodrigo comes out with like songs that just. Well, listen, all this like emo pop punk music that like I was obsessed with. Like, people always think it's really weird that, like, especially when I was in high school, I loved Taylor Swift, but then like my next favorite like band, like, it was like, what's your favorite band? Or what's your favorite singer? Taylor Swift. What's your favorite band? Uh, All Time Low, like Paramore, like. Yeah. Yes. Taylor Swift is emo too. Like she's she's emo too, and that's why a lot of Taylor Swift fans are also pop punk fans. Yes. Okay. Well, do we want to wrap it up? Yeah. Thanks for listening to Ready for It, a Taylor Swift podcast. Look out for our next episode where we wrap up our exploration of Taylor Swift's debut album with a perfectly good heart. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok to get updates on next episodes. Handles for our social media accounts can be found in the description. Thanks for listening. Thanks. It's our last, last debut episode. Next, yeah, right? Next. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was going to say it's the final countdown. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then. Talk to y'all later. Toodaloo. Bitches. <laughs> 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 Okay, Rebecca, you go to bed. Bye.